Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenyuk, Dantanir scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in and shoots, scores! Alex Galchenyuk up with a drop, look at it, he's in the line, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, hi everybody, welcome to the Habs 360 Podcast for this Saturday, February 25th, 2017. My name is Chris G, and you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. And for those of you keeping track... Today is the 200th time that uh, I'll be welcoming you to the Habs 360 podcast. So it is a milestone episode in the Habs 360 uh, history as we reach episode 200 here on uh, today. Special program. We're going to have some special, uh, some surprises as uh, the show goes on. And helping me welcome... And to be part of episode number 200, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing great. And, and yeah, it's a huge milestone um, for the Habs 360 podcast, uh, episode number 200. You know, for the occasion, I was going to arrive early to the Habs 360 studio. I was going to be super well prepared. And then, you know, I thought... Why change traditions? So uh, I'm just here, and, and I came in late and uh, flying by the seat of my pants and, and just exactly how we've done it uh, for the last couple of seasons that I've been joining you. So it should be a good show. Uh, well, yeah, and, and definitely our performance on uh, the Habs, on the 200th, the milestone episode of the Habs 360 podcast will definitely be better than how the Canadians performed for Claude Julien's milestone game on a Thursday night against the New York Islanders. So that, we're definitely going to do a better job than the Montreal Canadiens. And since our last episode, Canadians have played two games, and they lost both of them against... Sorry, they didn't lose both of them. They beat the New York Rangers by a score of 3-2 to two in the shootout. But then Thursday night, they lost 3 to nothing against the New York Islanders. And... Well, it wasn't a pretty game. We're going to talk about that game later on in today's episode. So after 61 games played, it gives the Canadians a record of 32, 21, and 8, 72 points in uh, in the standings, their first place in the Atlantic Division. But that nice, comfortable lead that the Canadians have had for most of the season, well, it's pretty much it's vanishing. The Ottawa Senators have two games in hand over the Montreal Canadiens, and they're only two points behind. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are the Canadiens' opponent tonight in the Toronto, 
they're four points behind the Canadians and have a one game hand in hand. So tonight's game between the Canadians and the Leafs is one of those uh, stereotypical four point games uh, between these two teams. Canadians in their last ten games they have a record of two seven and one. And we haven't haven't felt the need to go check sportsclubstats.com this season because of the way the Canadians were playing and the cushion that they've had. But now it feels like I have to check. What are the Canadians' chances of making it to the playoffs? And while according to Sports Club Stats, they have an 89.9% chance of making it, which is the lowest that they've been this season. Good news is Canadians still have a 1.5% chance of winning the, uh, the Stanley Cup. Our question of the day for today's episode has been reported uh, over the last little while from credible uh, reporters that Mark Benjamin wanted to be, he's all in for the Canadians to win, uh, to go in and be a contender and try to win a Stanley Cup this year. So after what we've seen recently, our question is, and trade deadline is coming up this week in a couple of days, should Mark Bergevin make moves before trade deadline to be all in for this season? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360, and you can also visit the All Habs Facebook page to leave your comments. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs360. Our most popular segment here in the Habs360 podcast where we choose uh, myself and Rick each choose a winner and a, a loser Habs related for the, from the past seven days uh, we discussed and well last this the last game against the New York Cardinals was pretty negative it didn't look good for the Canadians so we're going to start off with the losers of the week and I'm going to go first and well my loser of the week will be Craig Patterson and all the stories that were around them this week. So Craig Patterson, ever since Canadians acquired Nesterov, has was pretty much not playing a lot of games. He was pretty much a, a healthy scratch. It looked like Nesterov had taken his spot in the uh, in the roster. And then, well, social media, you know, it traps everybody. It gets everybody into. Uh, it could get different people in uh, trouble <laughs> and well it happened this week Craig Patterson's wife Stephanie Patterson her Twitter handle was uh, Stephanie Andrews on February 18th so it's been recent uh, tweet that was uh, sent out by her and it started off by saying she wrote different day same French fuck so not uh, nice words to mention, and obviously those words were in reference for what's happening with the Canadians and their new head coach uh, Claude Julien. She's definitely from that tweet. You could see that she wasn't uh, sh- happy with the usage of uh, her husband, Craig Patterson, who's under the Claude Julien regime. He he hadn't played until this week, until the game against the New York Rangers. And then earlier this week, there was a Twitter follower that sent a a tweet to uh, John Liu, who is a friend of the show. And he wrote, 
If I was Patterson, I would ask a trade before March 1st. He has no respect while Nesterov is playing awful. You know, that's a, I don't know, I guess it's a fair assessment to be made by somebody on Twitter. It's his opinion, right? An opinion is never wrong. But what made this a story is that Stephanie Patterson retweeted it. She retweeted the that tweet. So in a way, it's like she's supporting that uh, Craig Patterson is asking for a trade and that he should get out of Montreal. And then we found out this week, it was on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, if I remember correctly. It was according to uh, Frank Saravelli on Wednesday, this was, and uh, confirmed later by Eric Angles that Mark Bergevin has advised 29 other teams in the NHL that Craig Patterson is available for a trade. And Eric Engels went on to say that apparently this has been a, um, it's been the case for a long time, for a while. So well, the reason why I'm putting this situation as my loser of the week is I understand that uh, Stephanie Patterson is, uh, she's concerned that she's about her husband and his playing time and his happiness. So whether it be Craig Patterson or any other player, for looking at David Diagne, who hasn't been playing lately either, it's normal that they're not happy, that they're healthy scratches, that they're watching the games from the press box and not from the ice. But don't put your husband in that kind of uh, situation. Let it. If you if he's not happy, if if you're not happy, you talk it, you talk between yourselves and let it go through the agents, go through the GM instead of going to a social media to uh, resolve that situation. So that being said, Rick, that is why I put uh, Craig Patterson, and I guess and family, but I guess I'll put in the whole family in them as my losers of the week. So all the patterns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, have all, a all do- patterns. they have a little dog too, so the, or cat or something. So that, that gets, that gets, the pet gets tossed in there too. Exactly. Okay. Well, I, you know, I, I, I can't agree. I, I, I can't agree with you on this, that, that um, it's certainly something she shouldn't have said. She used words she shouldn't have used. Um, uh, just to give some background, Stephanie Patterson in Stephanie, formerly uh, before she got married, Stephanie Andrews is very active on social media. Um, and I kind of cringe sometimes when she puts, um, the Instagram stories out there and shows, you know, Greg, uh, when, when he was rehabilitating at home, um, I think, gee, does she, she really would need to put that out there. Um, but I, I'm going to take a bit of a different view. And, and that is the reaction to what she said, uh, what she said, you know, she shouldn't have said, and I'm agreeing there, but what, what came back at her, was just ugly and nasty and vile. Some of the things that were said about her were just, I can't even, I can't even read them. I mean, <laughs> excuse me, this, this Nick Tickle Me Rattle Off on Twitter says, and, and he, he went on a tirade, uh, but one of the things I can read, he said, she attacked an entire culture. Those French people pay her husband's check. They need to leave the province immediately. I mean, stop it already. Um, 
honestly, there's there's so so many people with just a hair trigger waiting to make this into a, you know a, a language or cultural kind of fight. We're talking about hockey here, and and um, some really vile xenophobic things were said about her, and and I think that gives us a glimpse into what players and their families get when they come to Montreal and why so many of them, Montreal is not a destination, a preferred destination for hockey players used to be, isn't anymore. And this is part the media is part of it. This, this overreaction is part of it. Stephanie pattern is not a racist. She's not, she's an educated girl. She's very smart. She's got a degree in kinesiology. Uh, um, she's got a nursing degree. She was a neonatal intensive care nurse. Um, she's been involved in sports all her life. She's from Southern California and she knows sports. She knows, and she comes to Montreal and it's like this alien planet. Um, you know, sports is not a meritocracy in, in Montreal. There's all kinds of other things mixed in. And that's really hard for people to, to get used to. And, and, you know, they say, this is kind of crazy. This isn't how things work in the real world. Um, you know, sports is, sports is married. It's not based on, on language, yet all this stuff gets mixed in. So I think she was just expressing some frustration that um, felt that, that, you know, that, that many players feel and she shouldn't have expressed it, but it gives us a, a, a little glimpse into um, the, the, some of the, the, the nasty things that, that players are exposed to uh, by, by fans and, and, uh, and the media. Um, and I, I, th- I think it's a serious thing. It's, it's, it's too big an issue to talk about here, but um I think those those fans that that attacked her uh, should be also lumped in with the patterns as far as the loser of the week. Um, I, I, I know. You know what I'm saying. I, I I know what you're saying, and you know normally when it comes to the whole like we're not going to spend too much time here on the French and English uh, debate. Uh, but I know when it comes, especially in the, in the Montreal, Quebec market, that discussion comes up often where they're saying, you know, the players, they should choose more French-speaking players and stuff like that. And I'm not into the, like into that part of it. And they've even gone on record saying that when it comes to the head coach and to the general manager of the Canadians, I understand why they, they want people to speak French. But in this particular case, where Steph, Stephanie Pattern, uh, Pattern mentions the word uh, French and something degrading after, I sort of understand understand the fans why they're going to that direction. Because to me, it sounds like she's generalizing and speaking about uh, about French people. So I, in this particular case, I, I understand why some fans can uh, can feel that way. No, fair enough. Uh, and and like I said, she shouldn't have said it. I think she she just opened the door to um, some opinions that are out there um, by by NHL players and their families. That uh, is something we should pay attention to and and talk about at some point. Um, as far as my loser of the week, and I'll keep this short. Um, 
we we saw in the broadcast during the anthem uh, at the Bell Center the other night. Uh, my loser of the week is that guy on his cell phone uh, talking. <laughs> excuse me, I still have my cough. Uh, talking on his cell phone during the anthems. Um, I mean, just just take a few minutes, and you don't need to be on your cell phone. You don't need to be texting. You don't need to be talking. Uh, he was obviously talking, and um, I know a few people have have um, um, criticized him, and, and and rightly so. And you know, the responses come back. Well, you don't know. Maybe his wife was calling him from the labor room of the hospital. I mean, stop it. Uh, just stop it. Uh, he was he was being ignorant of the anthems, and um, and he deserved the negative criticism that he got. And uh, for me, he's uh, my loser of the week. All right, a very good uh, choice. And now let's move on to our winners of the week, and I'll go with my winner first. Uh, I've been here criticizing uh, him for the last couple of week saying that he could be better and while this week I think he was better for the Montreal Canadiens and I'm talking about Montreal Canadiens goaltender uh, Carey Price and it all started off in the game against the New York Rangers including this miraculous save. And yes, what a save that was. It was in a two-on-one in the final seconds in overtime. So it was literally he stole, he gave the Canadians an extra point, allowed them to go to uh, a shootout where Paul Byron ended up scoring the uh, the game-winning goal for, uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. And Carey Price, he made 28 saves during that game, and he was spectacular for the entire game. And then in the game against the New York Islanders, he allowed three goals on 24 shots. If you just look at the scoreline, well, one of the goals was uh, was an empty netter for the third one. So I should say, uh, so that does count on goal. Yes, that was correct. If, so if you look at the scoreline like that, it might not look like Carey Price had a great game against the New York Islanders, but he he did. He was one of the rare players, one of the only players in the game against the New York Islanders that had a uh, that had a good game. So Rick, once again, I call out a player as my loser of the week, and he steps up and he performs. It's that that plaque in the back of his stall reminds him. Um, you know, he needs to, to pick up his game, and he certainly did. Carey um, <laughs> Price was absolutely terrific. Um, uh, this past week, and and one of a, a handful or less than a handful of players uh, um, who was terrific. Um, he's he's been outstanding, um, and the carry price that that we all know, um, and has has uh, certainly, you know, the reason for the 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 win that they got and and keeping them in the game uh, as close as he could the other night uh, against the Islanders. So congratulations to Carey Price. And ever since there was the, the coaching change from from Carey to Claude Julien, looks like Carey Price has stepped up his uh, game. A coincidence. Uh, when that comes, it's too soon to tell. I guess we'll, we'll, the truth will eventually come out, as uh, they say. 
Rick, let's go with uh, your winner of the week. I have so many winners of this week to pick from, and which seems strange because um, you know Canadians didn't play well. But um, Carey Price, I would had you not mentioned him, I would have mentioned um, Andre Markov. Been playing unbelievable. Um, his 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 vision, his passes are just jaw dropping. Um, he had 25 minutes of ice time. Um, the other night um, in that game against the Rangers. Um, and, and, and that's at, you know, uh, some of the, some of the um, players are recuperating after the uh, were recuperating and getting rest uh, during that week off. Markov was over to Russia to pick up his boys and bring them back from a, you know, a terrible personal situation and reintegrating them into uh, his house with his, his little baby and, I just think Markov's been uh, incredible. Uh, but as good as it was, uh, Markov's not my, not my winner of the week. Um, All Habs Hockey Magazine this past week was named one of the top 50 websites on the planet is how they, they um, uh, described it. And we got a little medal in the whole bit. Number 28 um, of all hockey websites on the planet. And the, and the number one site that covers the Montreal Canadiens. Um, so we appreciate the honor and the recognition and, and uh, of all the hard work that all 35 or so contributors do um, for, for All Habs Hockey Magazine and AHL.Report and, and, and uh, Hockey Pub and the Checklist and all of our publications. Um, all, of, all of the team, the Rocket Sports team, can enjoy that, that honor. But All Habs Hockey Magazine is not my winner of the week. For my winner of the week, I have an email here that I just want to read. I'm going to read the beginning of it. It says, hi, Rick. My name is Chris, and I co-host a weekly podcast on the Montreal Canadiens called Habs 360. This is our second season that we are running the podcast, and I was wondering if you'd be interested in having our podcast affiliated to allhabs.net. Now, that was... Oh, just about six years ago now, um, and when you, Chris G., approached me um, with an email, and, and there were some uh, conversations and negotiations um, in, uh, in the viewing gallery at Brassard. Uh, we met a few times. Um, you had a, a started a podcast, and uh, you wanted to be affiliated with us, and, and um, we we uh at first it was it was uh one of the original all habs uh, members was erica tadio erica um joined you on the podcast and and helped you out with that and now she was our kind of connection and we we started hosting the the uh habs 360 podcast um and and look how it's grown it's grown into as we say every week the most informative, interactive podcast you can find. Um, I've joined you the, the past two seasons, I guess, and and have um, enjoyed every minute of it. We we disagree on just about everything um, <laughs> concerning the Montreal Canadiens, but through all that, we've been respectful and remained uh, very good friends. And and um, you know, I see you at the Habs 360 studio. You've been over to the All Habs War Room. Uh, there's been we we see each other at the hockey parties throughout Montreal. We've we've been together at at drafts, the the one in Sunrise, Florida. We were together at the NHL draft and uh, the one in Philly. 
Um, you're a terrific person. Um, you're a good friend, um, but you, you work very hard. I think that's what people don't know is um, uh, I show up essentially with my, with my opinions and hockey views and, 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 you know, things that I've gathered from traveling through press boxes throughout the, um, the hockey world. Uh, but you put in a lot of time behind the scenes to collect clips, to uh, arrange interviews, to to put this show together. And um, on the 200th episode, I want to recognize Christy as as my winner of the week. Um, terrific coworker, terrific colleague, terrific friend, um, and uh, I really appreciate um, our association, our friendship, and and everything you've done to make Habs 360 such a success. Well, uh, I don't know what to say after that. Uh, thank you very much, Rick, uh, for uh, for your words, for the honors. And uh, I'm, I'll speak more to it uh, later on uh, today's episode, but uh, glad to be part of the All Habs since, wow, you said six years. Time time flies. Uh, but time flies when you're having fun, as I say. So it's a really um, an honor uh, to be here for episode 200. So, uh, so thank you very much for uh, for your words, uh, Rick. Uh, so we're gonna take our first break here in the Habs 360 podcast. There's still more to come around our episode 200 our milestone episode for uh, in the Habs 360 history. Our question of the day is: uh, Should Mark Bergevin make moves before trade deadline to be all in for this season. Trade deadline coming up in a couple of days. You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You could uh, also visit the All Habs Facebook page. And But coming up next, should Mark Bergevin... No, coming up next is a new coach, but same results. What is next for the Habs? Stay with us. This is the Habs360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, Visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Hams360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. 
RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Good afternoon, Chris. It's Brian from Burlington, Ontario. Just wanted to wish you a happy 200th. Uh, and it's funny, I was thinking the other day, as the 200th was approaching, that uh, when we met uh, a few years ago, I was thinking that you didn't look a day over 160, and it's uh, it's just wonderful. You must uh, you must be doing something right. Uh, anyway, in all seriousness. Um, You've come a long way as a host of the uh, 360 Habs or the Habs 360 podcast over the years. The show has gotten better and better. Uh, the guests have gotten better and better. And uh, and I wish you uh, another 200 episodes. Um, and uh, we can all look forward to that. And uh, thanks for all you do for the, the uh, All Habs community. Hi, I'm Blaine Podnay, staff writer with the All Habs magazine and a longtime fan of Chris G. and the Habs 360 podcast. It is one of the only shows that provides an unscripted and honest discussion on every angle about the issues that concern the Habs. Congratulations on your 200th episode. May this be the least of your successes. All right, welcome back, everybody. So thank you very much to uh, Brian from Burlington and Blaine. Uh, where Blaine, we've heard uh, from him this season. We've heard from Brian from uh, last season as well. He's very active on uh, Twitter as well. So thank you very much for your kind words. Uh, if you just joined us, milestone episode in the Habs 360 history, episode 200 of uh, the Habs 360 podcast. So it's been a great ride, and we're still here, and we're still going to talk about uh, Montreal Canadiens and with me is Rick Stevens, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. So there's still more surprise to come in uh, today's episode. Uh, a couple of other uh, things you could send us your comments on via Twitter. Uh, we spoke about Craig Pattern in the first segment. And let us know, like, Canadians have made Craig Pattern available to 29 other teams. So let us know, like, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? on the Canadians and their handling of uh, Craig Patterson, And we're going to talk about that in the next segment as well. But for now, uh, Rick, new coach uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, but it seems a lot of things are, repeat, are, are still happening. So when the Canadians lost 3 to nothing against the New York Islanders on Thursday, it was the, the fourth time in the last eight games that the Canadians have been shut out. It's, that hasn't happened since uh, 1954, between the periods of February 22 and March 11. So it's not something that happens pretty often. So it seems the offense, once again, is still continues to be an issue. And Claude Julien, when he came in, and if you look at 
the reputation that he side his the reputation that he side from Boston is his defense he's a defensive coach as well. He, there's a lot of structure on defense, and then he gives a little bit more liberty when it comes to offense. But at the same time, Rick, also when you're looking at the Canadians' lines, they pretty much seem the same when the coach Michel Tergen uh, was here. So uh, we've seen some changes over Claude uh, since Claude Julien is here, but I think we still haven't seen ma- much difference. What have you noticed since uh, Claude Julien has taken over? Well, it's, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I guess for some, um, we, we saw a lack of, of scoring, a lack of shots um, throughout 2017 um, before uh, Julian arrived and, and since he's arrived. Uh, you know, we were telling the, we started telling the um, regulation losses and the number of goals and shots Um I think there's now 12, I'll have to go back and look. I think there's 12 regulation uh, losses and the Canadians have scored about 10 goals, a uh, combination of Terry and, and, and Julian. Um, it's just not going to, not going to get it done. He is making changes though. And some of those we identified last, last uh, week on the podcast, uh, things like um, uh, they're, they're, penalty kill setup going to a box rather than a, uh, the diamond, um, the breakouts. Um, they're a lot more controlled. Um, they are not using the boards as much. They're using the middle of the ice a lot more. Uh, they're attacking the zone with a lot more speed um, generated in the neutral zone than they had. They're a lot more aggressive on the forecheck. Um, but these, these kinds of things are going to take, uh, they're going to take not not a couple of games. They're going to take weeks to fully implement. As as he as he says, he doesn't want to overwhelm the players. He doesn't want to give them too much all at once. And even you know for for players who have been used to uh, chipping the puck off the boards um, and and now being asked to carry it and build speed and all, it's it it's it's not just a practice. And then okay, I got it, coach. I can do. It. There's there's a lot of you know muscle memory that 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 things just happen so quickly in the NHL that that it's going to take them a while to build it into their their routine. Um, one of the things that's really improved is the post game pressers. We're we're not so much hearing about puck luck anymore. Surprise surprise. Um, Claude Julien is gives terrific uh, uh, post game scrums and and uh, and explains exactly what happened. Um, the other night he was asked, um, I think it was Eric Ingalls said, um, did your team follow the, uh, the game plan? And that was against the Islanders. Oh, I have that, Rick. All right. Let's, let's, let's hear what he, how he reacted to that. I hope not. Uh, not with the results. Uh, trust me, it wasn't. A, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to stand here and say I liked our game because we didn't. You know, uh, and then he goes, then he continued on. Right. So the team, the team didn't follow the game plan. And he went on to say that it was um, poor execution, the poor execution. They couldn't get a tape to tape pass. Um, and that with a poor execu- execution, they couldn't create any offense. And when the team isn't scoring, it undermines their confidence. 
playing, then going on to say, you know, you, you take what he said and, and you say, okay, if they're playing without confidence, it leads to, to a lack of consistency. And without consistency, uh, the team can have no identity. If you, or if you're not doing something consistently game after game after you've got no identity, just as diagnosed by Carey Price. So, I mean, what, 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 after that game, social media blew up and, and you had half the people saying uh, Bergevin needs to uh, engineer a blockbuster trade, give away whatever, whatever it is um, to get in the, the Shattenkirks or the Landis Cogs or the Deshanes or sacrifice the future. You had another half saying, tank the season, which they can't. I mean, it's, they're not going to, there's no way to engineer tanking the season to, to get to the bottom of the standings in the first overall draft pick. It's not going to happen. Um, I think either one of those is, is a dangerous course. Um, I think the Canadians with the lineup they have are a playoff team. They don't look like it right now, but over the next couple of weeks, Julian can, with installing his systems, can get them to play the playoffs, and they'll 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 get a you know maybe a first or second round um, exit, and that'll be it for this season. But now they have their coach, they have their core, um, identify the pieces, and 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 Bergevin has already done that. Um, actually, he should have done that last last season. The 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 top six um, um, center and, and uh, somebody to play with, with Weber and make your adjustments in the off season and focus on the cup next year. People seem to think that the window is closing and they have to win this year. And they have to, I, I think that would be a real mistake to start trading away the Sergachevs and the Julesons and, and the Galchenyuk's and McCarran's and, and, and Sherbacks and all the future of, of this organization. So we're going to go back to, uh, to talking about Bergevin and the trade for trade deadline in uh, just a couple of minutes. Uh, if we stick to, uh, to Claude Julien, uh, there was a lot of players that seemed that uh, Michel Terry wasn't a fan of or that he was working on or he was giving that tough love and seems to be continuing uh, even now with, uh, with Claude Julien as head coach. One of them is uh, Alex Galchenyuk. And ever since he's returned from injury uh, under Michel Terrier, and even now under Claude Julien, he's continued to, uh, to be put on the, uh, I guess you could call it a second line. Uh, this week he was playing with uh, Byron Galchenyuk and uh, Brendan Gallagher. Uh, based on what we saw at the end of that game and based on what we saw on practice uh, yesterday, seems like uh, Arturi Lekunen, and that's a, a player who had, a, I think, a good game against the uh, New York Islanders. Actually, let's, before I continue that thought, let's listen to uh, what Claude Julien said on uh, Lekunen. He's a real smart player. You know, he's a, he, know, he knows the game really well, both ways. He's, he's a skilled player. He makes plays. He's also, for a young player, fairly reliable uh, defensively as well. Every coach likes a player who can play at both ends of the ice, and I think he's one of those players that uh, will uh, continue to improve and uh, has a lot of, uh, I, I guess, ability to, to become a better player. 
So optional practice, uh, it was this morning for the Canadians, so we won't know what the, the, the lines will look like until the warm-up uh, 30 minutes prior to the game. But going back to uh, Gautrenyak, it looks uh, the same uh, criticism that um, the coach Michel Terry had on Gautrenyak about uh, him needing to improve uh, his his play defensively on, in his zone. It seems to be that Claude Julien agrees with that assessment. And maybe that's why he's put him in the lower um, in the lower position, the second line or the third line, depending on uh, on how you see that line. And let's hear what uh, the coach had to say about Galtrenga prior to the game. This was prior of the game against the New York Rangers. Uh, again, I know he's a very talented player. Uh, highly skilled, you know, and uh, certainly he's still a young player. And uh, my job is to make him better. You know, my job is to help him get better. And sometimes, you know, the skill level he already has, and that's something that's pretty special for players because it's hard to get. Now I want to work with him on, on the little aspects of the game that's going to make him even better. And, and Rick, see, even the clip I just played, it's pretty much a very similar message to what uh, Michel Terrier was saying as well. And even, I'm not sure if it was in yesterday's or the day before uh, press conference, Claude Julien was straight out asked if whether uh, Galchenyuk is a center or a wing, and he said, I don't know. What are your thoughts around uh, Galchenyuk and his play recently? Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, that Galchenyuk is, is finding himself on the second line or wherever he, wherever he's finding himself under under Julian and that's not that much difference uh, different than uh, than Tarion. but I think there's a huge difference in the way the two uh, tra- uh, treated Galchenyuk. Um there seemed to be a real uh, adversarial kind of relationship um, one of the things um, you just played as Julian said it my job is to make him better um, uh, Tarion, his approach was um, he's, he's got to, we have to put him on, um, we, I, I don't want to put him on the, the top line because I want to see him generate things himself. I'm, I'm, he put the onus all on the player. Um, and yeah, you prove to me that you're a center. You prove to me that you have skill. You prove to me that, uh, that's a really different approach than Claude Julian's using in a very positive way saying, um, you know, and and he said this before with with other players. I have to help bi- rebuild their confidence. I and you played. I have to help him um, um, d- identify things that are going to make him better. That's a really different approach. And for a young impressionable player like Galchenyuk, um, I I think it makes the world a difference. And it's not, as I said before, it's not going to happen in a game or two. It's going to take a while. Um, I, I think we're seeing um, that, that more damage was done to this team than, than we perhaps think. Um, that, that, as Carey Price said, this is like the start of a new season and, and maybe even not even the, the, the start of the, the, regular, you know, the regular season, but like training camp where, where Claude Julien is, is learning about players. He's uh, trying to figure things out where where players fit. He's trying to help develop them. Um, so as I said before, it's going to take a couple of weeks, but it's clearly uh, uh, 
a different approach than than uh, Tarion took uh, with with most of the players. Calm, player. So there you go. So that's a message from uh, from Tori Mitchell to Calm, Sibu player. Well, let's come down. It's only uh, three games for her, the coach uh, Claude Julien. Well, I think a lot of comparisons also being made uh, to last season uh, when uh, Coach Sullivan took over the Pittsburgh Penguins. They lost the first four games, and then, while well, they went on to win the Stanley Cup. But let's be honest, do the Canadians and the Penguins have the same uh, kind of players on their team? Uh, I personally think my answer to that is no. All right, so give us a call, one 4945 The Habs 360 hotlines are now open. We can talk about anything Montreal Canadiens related. Uh, should Bergevin make moves before deadline to be all in for this season? You can also contact us via Twitter at Habs360 and leave your comments on the Facebook page. you have anything to say about uh, Craig Patterson, anything Montreal Canadiens related, you can go ahead and, and uh, get in touch with us. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast, Habs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Ticket IQ, today's leading sponsor, is a leading event ticket search engine. Offering a low price guarantee on all events in Montreal, you will not find better deals on Canadians' tickets than through Ticket IQ. Download their mobile app in the App Store or Google Play and get $20 off your first order. Head to the App Store, search Ticket IQ, and be on your way to the best deals on Canadians' tickets. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. This is the Habs 360 Podcast. Featured on allhabs.net. Hi, Chris. This is your brother, uh, Peter uh, Galanopoulos. Uh, congratulations on episode number 200 of the Habs 360 podcast. Uh, I've had the pleasure of co-hosting uh, with you uh, in the past. 
and uh, hopefully one day I will be able to uh, co-host with you uh, once again. So uh, it's always a pleasure to listen to the show and uh, keep up the good work on Habs360, featured on allhabs.net. Hey Habs360, this is Bessie from Toronto. Just wanted to congratulate you on your 200th episode. Here's to 200 more. Hey guys, congratulations on your 200th episode. You really are the most interactive and informative. Hi, my name is Anthony, better known on Twitter as Habs Happy. I have had the privilege in getting to know Chris when we discussed the possibility of creating a contest for all Habs fans across the world. Hence, we started Huntest at the tail end of 2014-2015 season, and it has been going strong with Chris's help for every Habs home game. There is no better partner I could have asked for. Dependable, reliable, and faithful, and one of the nicest people you can follow on Twitter. Congratulations on your 200th Habs 360 podcast, and I just don't wish you 200 more, but instead I'll wish you an additional 2,000 more podcasts. Félicitations, mon ami, avec succès continu. Je vous souhaite beaucoup plus de podcasts et go Habs, go! All right, welcome back, everybody. Milestone episode number 200 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, February 25th, 2017. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens at uh, Two, All Habs. 2000? On- yeah, that's... 2000, uh, I don't... I don't know if I can put up with you for another 2000 episodes. My goodness. <laughs> but yeah, that so was thanks. really, and, and it's important. We, I, I, I should mention that, um, you know, in addition to me and you, there's other people who have contributed and, and I'm glad to hear from Peter. He was co-host for a long time and did a great job and, and selects music and whatnot from time to time. Um, there was uh, Erica who who uh, was in the early days, and she does. Uh, there's there's uh, one of the intro extras has Erica's voice still in it. There's Anthony from Habs Happy, the the contest. There's Amy who does uh, Amy Johnson who does the commercials. Lots of people uh, work very hard to put this uh, together. I'm glad to to recognize uh, uh, all of them. It seems an appropriate show to do that. Yeah, uh, definitely for sure. Like we also heard from Bessie, who is a regular listener as well, and she's in enemy territory in Toronto, so which is uh, great. And we also he- uh, heard from Skills, who uh, regularly uh, contributes uh, to the to the episode with her tweets. And I think we do have a tweet that we'll be reading of, from her uh, on one of our topics in a couple of moments. So thank you everybody for uh, your your kind words. Uh, so our question for today's episode, should Benjamin make moves before trade deadline to be all in for this season? That's what uh, it's been out there, that uh, Benjamin did, has been making all these moves since the offseason because of, uh, like Rick mentioned, this uh, window of opportunity which the Canadians seem to have for not only this year, for the next couple of years. And the Canadians have been struggling in their last 10 games, 2-7-1 and one record. So I think it was appropriate to ask this question. And let's see what uh, the reaction is on the Twitter. So Jim uh, Santomassimo from Bradford, Connecticut, he writes, he has until Wednesday to fix this or he needs to go. The five-year plan is ending. If there are no moves, you might as well bring up players from St. Saint, from, uh, Saint John's and sell release players. 
I'm also tired of hearing that the cost of trade was too high. How do other GMs seem to pull off trade for less than expected? So thank you for the tweet, Jim. And prior to this week, there wasn't many trades in the NHL this year. So I definitely agree that it's uh, that it's hard. Uh, next tweet comes from uh, Don Catani. Don writes from uh, Thunder Bay. No, if something falls in his lap for nothing, fine. Otherwise, save your trading chips for the summer. And so thanks for the tweet, Don. I agree with that because a trade deadline, it has to be something that you think will actually bring you to the cup final or make you go all the way or else you're going to you're going to overpay at the trade deadline. Uh, next tweet comes from Blaine uh, that we heard from uh, earlier in today's episode. He writes, congratulations. Those are congratulations that we got from him. So, uh, so thank you very much for uh, the tweets. There's more tweets on another subject, but uh, we'll talk about that in a couple of moments. So Rick on the Facebook, what does it look like about our question? How does it look like for our question of the day? Um, our question of the day, what, what should uh, Bergevin do? Um, one of the things for one of the, um, this I think is a, is a smart response in this from Grid Thomas. We can't trade our garbage for somebody else's studs. How about a trade proposal that's somewhat realistic? And I think that's what I've been saying is just, okay, let's get rid of Darnay and let's get rid of, you know, um, and and bring back these uh, amazing trade that the the um, you know PlayStation kind of trades that uh, that Bergevin uh, alluded to in one of his news conferences. Um, from Derek Rendell, something has to happen. The team is currently not good enough. Amelin on the first pairing is a joke, but reality is that we have nobody who can fill that void. Um, I see trading our young players. Uh, Gallagher, Galchenyuk, Beaulieu. I'm fine with that for the right player. That's uh, aggressive. Um, from Gord Linus, I think Jeff Molson should trade the GM to Russia. It's the same thing in year, year in and year out um, since he came aboard. No top 30 scorer and one or two players reaching 20 goals. That's a pathetic five-year run for Bergevin, and the future looks horrible. Wake up, Jeff. Um, when you went to Chicago for GM, you should have cho- you chose the wrong one. You should have got Stan Bowman. Well, that would have been a real coup. That would have been terrific. One of the things I've heard discussed, uh, and I've mentioned it before, uh, I'm not sure it was on the broadcast, but interestingly, um, there's Jeff Molson and then there's Mark Bergevin. There's no president as such. I guess Jeff Molson's the acting president, but but. Um, that's that's something that that um, I think the organization should look at is bringing in, you know, in in Toronto they have Shanahan, they have just someone to to be a bit of a buffer and to also provide advice and guidance and and uh, um, um, that's that's I think a missing piece in the in the Canadian structure, but that's a different that's a different topic. Uh, Jason Broussard says we need a sentiment, a top pairing defenseman, but big question is, are we buyers or are we sellers? I think that's an excellent question. Do we sacrifice the future? Or do we just dump some of our overpaid underachieving players and get some young blood back in return? 
I wouldn't want to be MB right now because he's clearly um, after trading after uh, uh, firing uh, Tarion, um Mark Bergeron is clearly on, on the hot seat right now. Larry La- Lavallee says sh- should do something and that, uh, should get rid of Darnay Placanitz with draft picks or Dillarose, Andergetto and Sherback. But as far as Julian goes, it's going to take more than a week to establish your changes. All right. Uh, Norman Giacomo says, put their golf bags in front of their respective places, places in the locker room and then tell them that practice is to shine their golf clubs in provision of what's to come if they keep playing with no conviction. Well, that's a little harsh. Um, Jeremy Lamoureux says, if we traded Emmelin, it would make room for Duchesne and Shattenkirk and another player. Well, I don't know about that. Um, that's uh, that's uh, wishful thinking, I think. Um, there's some congratulations messages in here as well on the 200th episode. Jeremy Waugh says, Shattenkirk and Laterra for Gallagher, Juleson, a first-round pick in 2017, and two second-round picks in 2018. Okay, <laughs> that's that's quite a trade. The the Shattenkirk <laughs> news is interesting, and and there's no doubt he could uh, he looked great alongside a Weber. But my goodness, he turned down seven million a year uh, for six years already. That was in deal. He's going to want big money, and the Canadians are going to be. Uh, Mark Bergevin has painted himself into a corner. Um, with his cap uh, be, because um, he hasn't developed players very well. They've drafted well, haven't developed them very well. And that's where you can get the cheap talent that, that fills some holes. Uh, if he's going out and acquiring all of these Deshane Landeskog, Shattenkirk, he's got a cap problem. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I know fans don't necessarily consider that, but uh, it's a reality that uh, Bergevin has to face. Let me read one more. Um, Jason Farrar, he's a, a, a big uh, uh, listener of the podcast. He says, if the right deal presents itself and it's fair, it'll get done. So he's very optimistic that Bergevin will be able to find something that will help the team. All right. So thank you, everybody, for your comments on Facebook. There's one more uh, tweet on this topic. It comes from uh, enigmatic J writes from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yes, within reason, not as dire as media and Twitterverse state. Decent team needs a tweak. Don't mortgage the future. So thank you for the tweet. And I tend to agree that um, I don't think it's looking like this is the year that the the Canadians uh, will be cup contenders. They're going through a transition, new coach. Uh, maybe they should target and building a team and maybe go for it for uh, for next season. Uh, when it comes to the topic of uh, Craig Patterson, a lot of comments on uh, Facebook, uh, sorry, on Twitter on this uh, topic as well. And I'm going to read a couple of, um, of comments. Daniel uh, Corbin writes uh, from Newfoundland, writes, not a fan myself. I'd like to see Boyer get, up, get put up. He looks lost out there every game. He should get it by now. Uh, Patrick Harot writes, another total mismanagement of a good player, Udon, McCarron, Galchenyuk, amongst others. 
Um, Marsh McKay writes, uh, well, I think there's a couple of typos. You don't understand what he's saying, so we'll just skip that. A next tweet comes from Mike Bolak. Not really a big loss if he goes six defensemen at best. So thank you for the tweet, Mike. And honestly, that's my opinion on this topic. Number six defenseman, number five, no no big deal. I think he could easily get uh, replaced. Uh, Anthony, he writes, if you look at my timeline, I absolutely hated letting go of Barbario. If Habs also trade Craig Patterson, that must mean Markov's back next year. Uh, Chris Konidis writes, if we must trade a defenseman, I would give up number 28, Bollier. He is the only one of value. I would keep eight. He is a solid D. So thank you for the tweet, Chris. Uh, skills writes, so much for our depth on defense. So thank you for the tweet, the skills. Uh, Roman writes, because Barbario and Pattern aren't Markov even combined. Uh, Jim Clark writes, profoundly stupid. He's one of the two defensemen who can clear anybody from the front of the net. Should be playing 15 minutes per night. So thank you for the tweet, Jim. And then on uh, the discussion of new coach, but same results, we got a couple of tweets on that. Uh, WNC puck drop rights, give Claude some horses that will run. And Norm Prince writes, oh no, what if it wasn't Terry? What if it's really the team? It's going to be the repeat of last spring game on this evening. So thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Norm. So it is, Rick, it's clear that now the pressure is on uh, Mark Bergevin. It's no more the coach. It's uh, no more P.K. Subban. So now the focus, uh, whether the team succeeds or fails, the focus will be on uh, Mark Bergevin. No doubt. And, um, you know, there's been a a hole um, since he arrived. He's he's added uh, players around the periphery. I mean, he's been very good at adding that seventh or eighth defenseman and and adding that um, you know that that fourth line uh, player. Um, all all due credit to to trying to change the character of his his team and bringing in Weber and Shaw. Understand what um, he's trying to do there. It's worked out more uh, you know better with with um, with Weber than, than Shaw. I think the team really misses Eller uh, to a certain extent. Um, but the same problems remain, the same problems remain. And I think, as I said, a few minutes ago, he's really been hurt by his, in uh, the, the organization's inability to transition young players uh, into the lineup um, because that gives uh, an injection of youth. And, and it also allows you to manage your roster uh, in a fiscally sound way. Uh, and that, if anything, is going to be his, uh, his undoing, um, um, you know, when, when it's time to exit uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, a couple more tweets that come in from our buddy Tony from Toronto. I, so he writes, it's about patterning, right? Pattern is much better than Bollier. Mark Bregevin is making a mistake. So thank you for the tweet, Tony. And it's honestly, that tweet is probably the calmest I've seen Tony in a, in a while. So <laughs> good job, Tony, on that one. 
uh, an email that we got from Medino, who is a reader of uh, All Abs. He writes, is your management team serious about sending away another defenseman in pattern? Cannot believe this again is happening. If we get more injuries in the blue line, who will fill in? How many defensemen have we sent away or lost to other teams in the last few years or so? Jared Tenorti, uh, Mac Bennett, Morgan Ellis, Mark Barbario, and of course, RPK Subban. Now they are taking about, they're talking about trading away Craig Patteron. This is incoherence. We need depth defensemen. Who is making these decisions? All I can say is this, uh, sorry, all I can say, this is incoherence. I get sick to my stomach every trade deadline, especially since Mr. Bergevin arrived here. I do not trust him. I think he acts like a dictator and not a team player, not consulting, not listening to his fellow assistants, Rick Dudley, Larry Carrier, Trevor Timmons, and the company. I do not think Bergevin is the right person for the post. Thank you from Dino. So, Rick, a couple of minutes ago, so thank you for the email, by the way, uh, uh, Dino. A couple of minutes ago, when it comes to Craig Patteron, I told you my opinion is number six defenseman. I think he was doing a, he's been doing a good job. He's had a good season with the Canadians. But at the end of the day, number six defenseman, he could be replaced. So no uh, no big deal. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I thought that was a very uh, thoughtful and, and well-presented email by Dino. Um, and um, I, I, I agree with some of what he said, not, not, not all of it. I want to ask uh, Bergevin, why is, why is Greg Patteron on the trading block? If, you know, um, Engel said that, that it's kind of been out there for a while that uh, they wanted to trade Patteron, um, that doesn't quite go with, with Bergevin's, you know, MO. Um, he, he likes to have those guys. He likes to have extra defensemen. Uh, and particularly having to um, give up um, Barbario uh, the way they did. Um, I don't think Nesterov has been exactly the answer. Um, uh, Redmond, Zach Redmond, wasn't very effective when he was in the lineup. Uh, so Greg Patterson, I I think he's he's uh, got the talent and certainly hasn't done anything that would have him on the trade block. If it's simply for this, uh, for the tweet by his his wife, I think it's and and it seemed that that memo that went out with the league coincided with the timing there. Uh, there wasn't a memo until uh, the the tweet went out. I just I just I just think that's. I think that's not smart. It's not, it's not a smart way of, of dealing. Um, and it's not, it's not making your decisions based on merit. And I think that's, that's a problem. If I, if I just take the word of Eric Engels, who said that uh, it's been out there for a while, uh, based on that, I'll assume that uh, this was even before uh, Stephanie sent out tweets that she did. But there might be more to the story. Has it been that uh, maybe Craig Pattern has, I don't know, he's asked for a trade a while back or he went and complained about his lack of ice time. And what we saw from Stephanie was just uh, frustration that she was letting out. Who knows? Like maybe we'll find out uh, as, um, as time uh, goes by. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on Hams 360. So, Rick, there was uh, some very nice uh, messages that we got today. We got a very nice email from Dino, some audio clips, some great 
uh, comments on Facebook and Twitter. But uh, this week, there was also a couple of bad weeks. I'm going to read a couple of them this week. Um, one with respect to uh, Pattern. This is from Nick, who says, hope Pattern gets traded to Arizona and never makes the playoffs again in his life. He's really mad. Um, <laughs> just, it's just silly. From Scott V, just shoot for a wild card slot. Can't expect any more with no goalie and no scoring. No goalie. We can't survive on AHL stats with Carey Price. All sentiments aside, if these were Condon's numbers, he'd be gone too sweet. Oh, my God. Carey Price has been terrific this week. That's just, that's just a bad tweet. Um, and, oh, well, sorry, he, he finished it up. Um, this is multiple tweets from Scott. Emelin and Price for a traffic cone and a sheet of plywood. I mean, just stop it. Yeah. That's, just, that's just dumb. But getting back to the, um, some of the trade proposals, I th- this is a bad tweet, but I thought it was funny. This, this was Peter Habib. He sent it directly uh, to um, um, Jeff Molson, copied us. Um, trade Weber and Emelin to Nashville for PK Subban. Trade <laughs> <laughs> trade uh, Andrew Shaw, David Darnay, and a second round pick to the Capitals for Lars Eller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's a bad tweet. That's our that's that's our bad tweet of the week. All right, so thank you very much for that, Rick. And with that, well, we're going to wrap up uh, episode 200 of uh, the Habs 360 podcast. Like we mentioned, it is a milestone episode. We started off October 16th, 2010, under a different name, Chad Habs. And since then, it's uh, it's evolved greatly uh, over the last uh, 200 episodes that we've been here for you. Uh, I've been joined by many different contributors throughout the years. We mentioned Peter. We started off with uh, George. We continued on with uh, Reggie as well. Rick uh, as well has joined on a regular basis on the last two seasons, but he was contributing in previous uh, seasons as well. So I want to say thanks to everybody who has helped out uh, Habs360 to making it a uh, success. Uh, everybody at over at with Rick when we made that uh, agreement, those hard negotiations that we did in Brossard uh, a couple of uh, seasons ago, and we're here now. The rest of the AllHabs.net team who have definitely uh, supported and have embarked in this journey here on uh, the Habs360 podcast. We've had great guests uh, from the mainstream media. We've had former NHLers. That have uh, joined us. Uh, you can see all the archives if you go visit uh, allhabs.net, the Habs360 podcast page, and by searching Habs360 on uh, iTunes. Thanks to our sponsors that we've had great uh, several contests throughout the years uh, that have given out great uh, prizes to uh, to our listeners and our followers as well. Uh, we mentioned them earlier, but thank you once again to everybody in uh, the background who helped make Habs 360 what it is on a uh, every uh, every week that we come here. Every Saturday, we do this for uh, for everybody, and that's why we are the most interactive podcast as well. Because without you, our listeners, uh, or the readers on allhabs.net, 
the followers on the Habs 360 Twitter account and everybody on the All Habs Facebook page, uh, the Habs 360 podcast wouldn't be what it has become now. Rick, your final thoughts? Let me just echo uh, your sentiments uh, again to the contributors, uh, but particularly to um, our readers, uh, to our fans, to this uh, worldwide community that we started out um, to build and uh, is thriving now. And we interact um, with this community every day and we do it differently. We, we, you know, with different people, we, some um, like to come and, and read our website and watch our videos and, and uh, uh, some like to interact with us on social media and some uh, and many really like the um, Habs 360 podcast. And it's been uh, a real pleasure to be associated with, with uh, you all for all these years um, and, um, and look forward to many, many, many more. And I promise uh, that we'll get back to our usual disagreements, our very um, lively uh, disagreements um, next week. But for now, um, congratulations again, Chris, and, and uh, um, I'm, I'm happy to have you as a, a colleague and a friend. No problem. Thank you very much also for your help, Rick. And well, I'll disagree with you right now. In the first segment, you named me the winner of the week, but in fact, our, the winner of the week for every single week should be our listeners who come in and tune in to us for a, approximately an hour a week as we talk and discuss uh, the Montreal Canadiens. So we'll be back again next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. We're going to continue with episode 201, and we're going to keep this thing going. So Canadians leave tonight. Can't be better on episode 200 that it's a rivalry. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you very much for your words. We'll talk next Saturday. I'm Chris GC. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.